Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Amazing. And uh, great to have you here this morning. I know you've already been welcomed uh, many times, um, but I just want to say welcome as well if I haven't had the privilege of meeting you. Uh, my name is Marty, and together with Rachel, we get the great privilege of uh, leading this location of Elevation. And uh, we're starting a, a brand new uh, preaching series this week. Uh, so we're going to be doing this series for, series for the next three weeks. So it's called Powerhouse. Uh, a church on fire. And so we'll be journeying through the first few chapters of the book of Acts as we, as we see the birth of, um, of the church. And, and so today we're going to be predominantly in chapter, chapter one of Acts, talking about uh, potentially the most uh, frustrating topic that there is, and that's the topic of waiting. No one likes waiting. I don't like waiting. You don't like waiting. And so uh, if you're writing a, um, a title down uh, for this message, which I'm sure you all do every single week in the copious notes that you take, and then you pour through them during the week and think, wow, that was just amazing, because obviously it's all about me. No, no. But if you are writing down a title, um, you can, you can uh, write this. You can write, the wait isn't over. The wait isn't over. That's the, that's the good news. Is that, is that good news this morning? But the wait isn't over. And so I was thinking about this whole idea um, about waiting, and I'm not sure how you would number these, but I thought um, I would give you the um, what I feel is like the three most annoying things to wait for, and then we can do a bit of a, like, you know, um, uh, is it family feud, you know, like survey says, and then see, um, and see what's, the, what's the most annoying. So uh, not in any particular order, because we'll vote after this, but uh, the first one I thought of was uh, waiting on hold with a business, like on, the f- like on the phone. I don't know what it is. Is it the waiting? Is it the hold music? Is it the every 30 seconds? You know, you can check our website for frequently asked questions. I know. I've already checked. That's why I'm on the phone. Or if you're like me, they get, you know, the little messages that says, um, you know, uh, if you press hash now, we will keep your, um, you know, you'll you be kept in the right order in the queue and, when we, and then we'll call you back later. And if you have trust issues like I do, I'm like, no way. Nah, nah, I don't believe you. I'm staying on this phone. It's going on speaker and I'm trying to do as much work as possible with this annoying music going on because I do not trust you. In fact, that's why I'm ringing you. That's why. So, so I, I find that that's one. Another one I thought of um, was waiting in the car for a family member to get ready, even though you've mentioned to them several times what time you're leaving. Does that come up there anywhere? Um, Funny, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, So have I mentioned the marriage course that's on this week? Anyway, so um, uh, funny story, uh, last week uh, one of our children, who shall remain nameless, uh, was running late for school and um, Rachel was in the car um, and everyone except this person was in the car, and we had the we had the boot of our car up inside the garage because um, we're waiting for this person uh, to come and you know put their bag in. And then um, Rachel's like, "Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna scare her." Oh, sorry, I just nailed. It. I just I just I just put it down to two. It still could be two, all right. It still could be two. 
Okay, um, I'm going to scare her. So I'm going to back out of the driveway, but forgot that the boot thing was up as well. And so I came to the door, and it's like this crunching sound. And we're like, stop, stop, stop. Anyway, it, it was rectified. It wasn't, it wasn't too bad. Okay, but second one was waiting for a family member to get ready, even though uh, they know what time. And the third one I thought of was, was waiting for food. Just waiting for food is frustrating. You know what I mean? Like either after you've ordered or even waiting in line to order. It seems like when you add drive through into the mix, it just lifts the level of frustration. You know, like you've ordered and then they've put you in that place of purgatory, the uh, waiting bay of drive through Like this is why I went drive through so I didn't have to wait. And so, uh, I don't know, the whole hangry thing thrown in there. So, okay, here's the quick survey. Between those three, so on hold, uh, family member or waiting for food. Who thinks being on hold for a business is the most frustrating one? Wow. Okay. Uh, Number two, who thinks waiting for the family member is the most frustrating? Okay. Number three, who thinks uh, waiting for food is the most frustrating? All right. Definitely hold music in the business is the winner. So that's great. Yes. Thank you. I think it's also because they always say we're experiencing higher call, call volumes. No, you're not. You just have two staff on, and that's all we know. We know what the problem is. Okay, so now that we've all vented a little bit and feel maybe a little bit better, um, we're going to start in the book of Acts. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the update we're up to at the start of the book of Acts. So, so Jesus has come to earth in miraculous fashion. He's, he's, he's born to a virgin Mary. At his birth... There was this odd combination of humility uh, because there was no room at the inn. He was born in some, you know, backwards town um, in a manger. But then at the same time, there was that humble beginning, yet there was an appearance of angels. There was a star that was all about him. There was wise men from the east. And, and the ruler of the time, Herod, was so worried about uh, the birth of this child that, that he, you know, just went, just went crazy. So it, it's like right from the outset of Jesus' birth, we see this picture of him being fully God and fully human, that, that this humble beginning, yet endowed with power from on high and something significant is, is, is happening there. So anyway, Jesus is born. There's a couple of highlights at the temple when he was 12 years old. And then this still, this still wrecks my brain. And then nothing for 18 years. Like, like we need to somehow get a hold of that as, as best as we can. So Jesus is presented at the temple, the Jewish temple, at 12 years of age, and then we hear nothing about the Son of God on earth until he's 30. It's, it's just, it just boggles the mind. We can't, can't even comprehend it. You know, some people are like, hey, I've been in this church for two weeks now. Pastor, let me tell you about this great message I've got to preach. And you're like, Jesus uh, waited for 18 years, um, son, of, son of God. So, you know, anyway, we won't, we won't go there. But he hits 30, public ministry begins, miracles, powerful teaching, stirs the whole Jewish nation, has this great following. Then he's crucified on the cross, raised from the dead, reveals himself to his disciples and many others. And so then here's this last big instruction 
from Jesus to his disciples. So all his life and then his death and resurrection has really been building to this point. He's about to ascend into heaven and leave the fate of the world, in a sense, in the hands of his disciples, those that he had done life with, his team who, had, who he had poured his life into and developed. And so this is like, if you're a sports person, this is like the, the, the final like G up from the coach just before they're about to hit the field, right? This is like the, you know, come on boys, we're going to leave it all on the park. You know, this is, this, this is what we're doing. If you're like me, this is Mikel Arteta to Arsenal. You know, like, come on boys, we're going to do this, we're going to win. Like, this is, this is all happening right. And so this, is, so this is what he says. Acts chapter 1 verses 4 and 5. And while staying with them, Jesus speaking, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John the Baptist, uh, sorry, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So Jesus is about to give them the big, uh, you know, the big encouragement to get on the field, get ready, this thing's about to launch, the church is about to grow. And what is his first instruction? His first instruction is to wait. Like, are you serious? Like, you know, I, I think if we are familiar with the Bible, we can tend to skip over this part a little bit because, you know, we know what happens and we know what's coming and we think, okay, yeah, sure, we know that's what, that's what happens. But these disciples, they'd been through so much. There'd been ups and downs. There'd been, you know, hilltops, valley experiences. You know, they'd denied him. They'd seen him work miracles. They'd seen him, you know, restore them. This, this amazing stuff had happened. And now Jesus sends them out with his first instruction. And his first instruction is wait. Wait. Now, in this series, we're going to talk about, we're going to get excited and inspired by you know, the boldness of the Book of Acts church and how they were filled with the Holy Spirit and there were signs and there was wonders and miracles breaking, uh, breaking out everywhere. You know, the church was multiplying and growing. In fact, that's where we find our, our vision statement as a church, multiplying healthy local churches to transform cities because that's what the Book of Acts was. It talks about the church growing and, and the disciples being multiplied. And so we love the action. Uh, we love the adventure. I read through the, the book of Acts over the last week or so. And so from chapter 1 all the way through to chapter 28, there's, there's action, there's salvation, there's persecution. Paul's traveling everywhere. There's discussion about, you know, what do we keep from the Old Testament? What do we keep from the New? Um, there's all this excitement. But in all of that, I want to encourage us, and I feel like God's speaking to us today, to not miss the start. And the start is this. The start is waiting. The start is waiting. Now, I'm not talking about uh, waiting some type of like just waiting aimlessly or just wondering what's going to happen. Remember the verse that I read, Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. You heard from me, for John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You see, there was this promise of the Spirit of God that Jesus had promised um, he'd actually promised it earlier to his disciples and it had already uh, partly been fulfilled. So we'll, we'll just look at a couple of uh, scriptures earlier. These are from the book of John. So John 14, 15 to 17, Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says this, If you love me, keep my commandments and I'll pray the Father 
and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Further down in verse 25 of the same chapter, Jesus says, These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So there's this, there's this promise that Jesus has already given the disciples. And then in John 20, a little bit later, this is after Jesus' resurrection. This is when he first appears to his disciples. It says this, verse 19 to 22. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. You see, so the disciples had already received the Holy Spirit from Jesus, but now Jesus was about to ascend to heaven and he declares that they will specifically receive a, a baptism. That word in the original language, um, in the Greek, it means to be fully immersed. In something, it's where we get our belief. We're talking about water baptisms uh, in a few weeks that we believe in full immersion, so we go all the way under the water because that's what the word uh, is talking about being fully immersed in something. And so, Jesus says, You're going to be fully immersed in this, in this power from on high. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus speaking, He told me, He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So Jesus is telling them, there's something coming. I want you to wait. You have received the Holy Spirit, but I want you to wait for something that's coming to fill you with power from on high. And this isn't like a power for power's sake. It has a specific function. What we just read about there in that scripture, it says it's the power to be a witness. Power to be a witness. And we'll be, we'll be uh, digging right into that uh, next week in this series. But, but it says that's what this power is for. It's to be a witness in all of the world. And so, so that's the promise that these disciples have heard from Christ and, and, and believe. And then this is, this is what they do next. This is Acts 1 verses 12 to 14. It says, Then they returned to Jerusalem uh, from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John, James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So we see here from this, this pattern, we see that the, the disciples, they follow Jesus' instruction to go and wait. 
Uh, I'm sure they maybe all had, well, I know they all had uh, a bunch of human nature inside of them. And, and, and I'm sure they were probably a little bit like us. They might have heard that, but just wanted to, you know, just dive in straight away. You know, uh, uh, you know amongst that group of disciples, there were the, I'm sure there were the talkers, you know, they probably just wanted to get out on the street and start to shout about what Jesus has done in their, in their life already. You know, the planners in the group, they were keen to, you know, convene a, uh, a working group and collaborate together and get their strategic plan document all printed and ready. And, you know, let's go, let's, let's get this thing happening right. Um, those with a passion for healing were probably like, all right, let's find some sick people, some lame people. Let's just, Jesus is gone and He said we're about to start. So let's lay our hands. Maybe we can try that trick where we spit in the mud and we rive it on someone's eyes and see if they see. If they see. That, would, that would be amazing. And I've had a bit of a cold this week, but I think it'll still, I think it'll still work, right? But they didn't. What did they do? They followed Jesus' instruction and they waited. They waited. And, and even though I know they were waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which, which came 50 days later, and it's accessible and it's ready for us here today. But I believe there's still a pattern that God calls us to. There's a pattern of waiting in preparation because yes, God wants to move through us by His power, but He also wants to move in us by His power to transform us from the inside out. We, we, we want to be daily, we want to be formed into the image of who Jesus is. And so even though, yes, that was a specific instruction for the disciples back then because there was the, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on that day of Pentecost, like I said, there's still a, a pattern that I believe believe that we can take a hold of today in, you know, in, in Mandarin, November 13th, 2022. There's still something that we can grab a hold of to go, okay, God honours and He's after a people who will prepare, his, prepare their hearts for what He is going to do. And so this morning, what I want to do is, uh, in the time I've got left, I want to give you a few thoughts on, on, on why we wait. Well, like, why would, like, no one likes waiting. So, so why would we wait? And also, how we wait. How we wait. Because it's important not only that we wait on God, but it's important how we wait and the posture that we have through that, because we want to take it from this pattern of the early church, the book of Acts, a powerhouse church, a church on fire. So first, first thought, why do we wait? Why do we wait? First thought about why we wait is this, is that waiting moves the focus from self to God. When we wait, it moves the focus off my plan, my um, timeline. God, come and move in the way that I think you should do. And it takes the focus off self and it puts the focus where it should be on God. You see, God is looking for a people that will lay aside their plans and take up His mission. See, Rachel preached this a number of weeks ago, but we don't ask God to participate in the vision that we have for our own lives. You know, God, can you just please bless me? I've sat down, I've had these thoughts. I'm pretty sure this is what I want to do. So God, just bless me with what I'm going to do. Bless me in this, bless me in that. No, 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 that, that's the wrong way around. What we do is we seek God for what He has for our lives. Now, before you freak out and think, oh no, but that means God will get me to do, God's given you specific abilities and gifts if you're the most organised person on the planet, he's not going to be like, excuse me, can you take your Excel spreadsheets and, you know, put them in the trash? No, no, God created you that way 
on purpose. And so He's going to use that in your life. But there's something, there's something about laying down our plans and saying, God, I want to be about your mission. I'm not just asking you to bless what I think I should be doing. You see, um, why is waiting for you know, food or someone else to get ready or waiting on hold so frustrating? It's because it's outside of our control. You know, you're like you're on the phone, you've heard the same sort of two and a half minute musical, um, you know, little hold music. It's repeated like 20 times and it's just, you know, every time you hear it, it's just annoying you more and more. Why does that annoy us? Because it, it, we can't do anything about it. It's out of our control. We want to we rage. We want to, I hope no one's called Karen here, but you know, we want to ask for the manager and be a Karen. And we want to we do, do something right, but it's outside of our control. And can I tell you, that's exactly where God wants us. Not on hold with an annoying business with bad customer service. No, no, but that's where He wants us in our lives. To be, to be not trying to hold everything and control everything, but saying, God, I'm putting my life in Your hands. I'm putting my plans in your hands. God, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is what you've got for me. So I'm going to head that direction. But God, if you want to move me, if you want to realign my life somewhere, I'm open to hear what you have for my life. So why do we wait? We wait because waiting moves, us, um, moves the focus from self to God. Uh, the second one is that waiting slows us down to listen. Slows us down to listen. Not a show of hands here, but do you ever catch yourself thinking about the next thing, that you're not actually present with the current thing. Yeah. Or, or maybe when someone's talking, you're thinking, hurry up, hurry up, I need to move on, I know what you're going to say, I've heard this story before and I've got stuff to do, you know what, you, you know, maybe, you, maybe you catch yourself like that, I know, I know that I do, never, never here obviously, other places, but you know, <laughs> but I wonder how often, I wonder how often, we do the same thing with God, with His voice and His leading. You see, what, what waiting does is waiting on God tunes your ears. It slows us down to be attentive to His voice. Now, we don't know all the details, but it, it doesn't seem like those in the upper room in the book of Acts went about their everyday lives and then just popped in uh, to see if the Holy Spirit had fallen yet. Happened yet? No? Okay. All right. Back to work. Back to whatever. Back, back to what I'm doing. And so don't worry, I'm not about to, you know, launch a 50-day prayer meeting up in the storage room up here, which we do have and could get there with stairs. But anyway, we, we, we won't do that. But there is something here about purposefully putting aside time to seek God. About saying, okay, Holy Spirit, if you... I'm desiring your power to be a witness. I'm desiring to see miracles work in my life and through my life. So for that, that's not just going to be like a click of the fingers and like two heel taps and then Holy Spirit comes. No, no, I'm going to prepare my heart. I'm going to set some time aside. Can, can I even encourage us? That's, even though this is helpful, but that's more than just the, you know, oh, I got the school pick up two minutes early, so I might put a worship song on and, and, and pray for 120 seconds. That's, that's good, and it's a start. But if we really want to see 
a Holy Spirit move in our lives, there's got to be some setting aside of time. There's got to be some preparation to seek God for all He has for our lives, to, to seek Him through prayer, to seek Him through worship. Like Rachel mentioned earlier, we have, uh, we're very blessed to have amazing hearts of worship that lead us and musicians and singers that lead us so powerfully in this church. But it's not just about the four or you know, five or whatever songs we do on a Sunday. It's about positioning our hearts in worship every day of the week. You see, because so often we want to see a Book of Acts church, but are we prepared to lay down our lives and seek God to be that person? to be that Book of Acts church, to be that, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press into the Holy Spirit, into God's purpose for my life. So that's a couple of reasons why we wait, maybe as Ben comes, because uh, that will help me to wrap up quicker. Um, there's the second, second big idea is not only, not only how, like, why do we wait, but how do we wait? How, how, how do we wait? First thought is this, is that we wait in unity. Unity with God Unity with His church. You see, prayer aligns us to God's heart. At, and, and it said, we read earlier, it says they were all in one place, in one accord. There's a unity that comes. I, I love that, uh, uh, that song that we sang, new for us, old song, um, Great Are You, Lord. I, I was thinking about it this week um, because, you know, the lyrics in the chorus, it says, it's, it's uh, your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. Uh, I was thinking this could have easily been written, it's your breath in my lungs. So I pour out my praise. I pour out my praise. You know, still theologically correct. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. But, but I think in this song, it's giving us this picture of together. It's giving us this picture of unity. Come on, when you sing that, you don't sing by yourself. We pour out our praise. There's a unity that comes not only when we worship together, but as maybe you're seeing that on the way to work or and maybe you've got your AirPods in doing your you know, afternoon beach walk or walking the dog or whatever it is, as you're, as you're singing that, as you're worshipping God, know this, you're not doing it as a singular. You're doing it together. We get to gather together on a Sunday, but we're a church during the week. As Wayne worships during the week, it connects his heart to Carl as he worships during the week. He connects it to Albert as he worships, as Sue worships, as Nicole worships, as Heather worships. It connects our hearts together because it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you, God. How do we wait? We wait in unity. Second thing is, is that we wait with expectation. We believe in the promises of God. We believe that as we wait, the Holy Spirit fills us with the power to be a witness. In your workplace, in your family, your school, we expect a feeling of power so that we can go into those places. We can make a difference. We can, we can go into our social groups, our, our gatherings and make an impact because of the Holy Spirit. And you know, I, I believe as a church that this is a season of preparation, preparing the ground for our own hearts, preparing the ground of the hearts of those we'll reach out to and speak about Christ with. And I believe leading into Christmas, this is a pivotal time for us as a church to press in. We have a whole bunch of people going as a team um, this, yeah, leaving this week uh, to Levers. 
uh, through our uh, Red Frogs ministry to make a difference down, uh, down there in Dunsborough. Well, this is, this is a time to prepare your hearts. If you're on that team, you're not just going and serving and handing out red frogs and, and doing those practical things. All those are like the foundation that we stand on to be the light to their life, to speak encouragement and speak life when the world speaks death. I want to encourage you, would you prepare your hearts? Because God has got some people for you to speak to. I know in Red Frog Strain, they talk about your one. God has got someone there that week for you to connect with, to see them brought, eventually brought to Jesus Christ. As we head into, into Christmas, imagine if this Christmas season is the season that your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife makes a commitment to Christ. What would it take to prepare our hearts and say, God, this year I'm going to family lunch and I'm bringing an opposite spirit. I'm not bringing a critical spirit like everyone else. I'm not bringing a whatever, whatever, whatever. No, no. God, I am bringing your spirit. I am bringing your fire. Does that mean I stand on the end of the chair and preach Christ as they're cutting the turkey? Maybe, probably not, but it does mean that I come bringing something of you, bringing a prepared heart that's ready to go, Holy Spirit, move through my life. Move through my life. You know, we can rush like the world into Christmas and go, oh, I can't believe I've got to do this and this and this and this. And we've all got those things. Or we can prepare our hearts and we can align our lives with God. And so next week, Oh, like I said, I'll be speaking about being a witness and the week after that about the, the, the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit on that, that baptism Sunday. And after we close the service this morning, we'll have uh, the prayer team are going to be down the front. I'll be down the front here, here with them because maybe you're here and you're like, hey, I'm hearing this and I want to receive this power of the Holy Spirit. I want to receive it right now, right now. I want to receive it. Or maybe you're here and you're like, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing what you're saying. But you know what? I'm also feeling like God's leading me into a time of preparation. Maybe it's this week for you. Maybe it's this week to go, no, no, I'm going to lay aside some time. I'm going to clear some schedule. I'm going to say no to whatever normally uses up all my time. I'm going to say yes to setting my heart to seek God to seek Him for what He has for me. And then I'm going to come back next week or week after or, you know, even in my home by myself and I'm going to, you know, drop to my knees. I'm going to open my arms. I'm going to say, God, would You come? Would You come and, and fill me with Your Spirit? Fill me with power. Fill me with fire. You know, but right now the most important thing is that we all have a relationship with Christ. And so... I don't know every single person here, but as we bow our heads and close our eyes, in a moment I'm going to say a prayer that commits our lives to Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, it says, We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but God's gift of grace is that we are restored through Christ. We've all sinned. We're all in the same category. We're all in the same category. But today... You can make a decision to accept Jesus, accept His life. If you're here and you've never made that decision before, and maybe you have and it's been a, been a while, and you know that there's been a disconnect between you and God, just where you are, would you just lift your hands? Or lift your hands, sorry, I'll see it. 
can put it back down. We won't pull you out the front or embarrass you. But we do want to know who we're praying with in this moment. Is there someone like that who wants to say yes to Jesus Christ? Yes to His love. Yes to His purpose. Yes to His leading in their lives. We thank you, Jesus, right now. Right now.